Hey everyone, welcome back to Illuminate. This is part two of our conversation with Seth Skeving and Summer Morell. So if you missed part one, definitely suggest you go back to last week's episode, catch up, and then join us back here for the rest of the conversation. I really struggled at Westside because I was gone for a wedding out of town that Friday that they, the last Friday. It wasn't confirmed till Sunday, but it was kind of in the air that, oh, we're not going to be coming back. Um, so I remember Friday afternoon, like, sending a scramble remind all my kids, like, grab your sketchbooks, because just grab them. You're probably not going to come back. And probably half of them listened. Um, some of them hadn't even able to go back anymore. So, so yeah, here I was Monday. I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. They half of them have sketchbooks. And I didn't know, like, being at Westside, I don't know what their situations are at home. Like, 70% are under, um, what's the word, poverty rate. Uh, I mean, I've had students that work third shift come to my class at 8, and they're like, hey, dude, I'm here to graduate. So I, like, you know, knuckles, you're here. (laughs) Kind of. And so... That kind of approach was what caused me the most worry because I'm like, all right, how high can my expectations be um, not knowing what these kids are in? And so I took the approach of, okay, well, I'm not a core testing subject, math, science, English. They have stuff they're obligated to do. So as art, it's like, how can I still cover my bases but not add stress? Mm -hmm. So we just did do a drawing a day and show it to me and I give them prompts so and I try to be more creative with it but I was like I don't care if it's a pen on a piece of receipt you got from the grocery store like just send something um and the projects weren't great I don't know how much they actually learned but by the end of it like 86 percent I think of the students I had contact with, and so, which was really, I mean, that sounds bad, but it was really high. Um, so if anything, I just built relationships with them um, through Remind and stuff, so that was cool. But it's like, now coming in fall, I'm at a real loss at like, how do you, because at least I had the start of a semester with them to kind of build some expectations, teach some things, but to, like if we're in day three, and have to switch again. Uh, not sure. I mean, we're going to give them some kits to take home, so at least have some minimum supplies. And eighty-six percent—that's great. Like, yeah. I think my dad said, my dad's an educator. He said that he had uh, his like uh, thirty to sixty—I forgot thirty or sixty—and either way, this number is atrocious. He <laughs> had eight students by the end, like signing on for stuff. Like that's oh. it. Yeah. And his school is like—I would say like I would compare school. He's at like a. a I don't know. It's not a. It's not a school like everyone has access for the most part to internet. It's one of. The, it's just in a district where there's wealthier people, and so it's like they had the ability to. But he he only had like eight, and whether that's out of thirty or sixty, that's still really bad. Yeah. Well, I heard about uh, so many schools that kind of implemented this. Um, as a student, you can't make a grade below whatever your yeah. previous semester average was. So, man, if I was a student, like yeah. I would, my priorities would change yeah. real fast. You're right. And that that was hard as a teacher, I'll say. Like, you know, we still want to teach and provide and prepare for whatever is next. And so, I mean, really, my kids did a great job. I mean, I had two 
who I would say really to take advantage of that. And, and it isn't fair, you know, in that case, it's not fair. You don't ever want, I, I mean, it's hard to really put one blanket rule over it because mm -hmm. you, it puts a lot of trust in your teachers, which mm -hmm. you should be able to trust. But I mean, everybody's human, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to make that call and say, no, this kid is very capable and made A's and B's all year and did nothing. She cannot get an A. Yeah. It, this fourth nine weeks it's just it doesn't seem fair mm -hmm. and we were allowed they did make some adjustments to that so that we could drop them one letter grade based mm -hmm. on participation and so at least that was that was something but um it's just a constant balance of trying to be fair and understanding mm -hmm. and you right. know i think to in elementary school you do know your kids you really do and not that you don't in high school it's i mean i think certain teachers really really do but you know we only have 24 or whatever you know them you know what they yeah. can do and what resources they have and if somebody's at home helping or not you know right. and so you just want to be able to hold them accountable because you don't want and this is true even in my house like you know my kids can do their work on their own and that's great but of course their effort <laughs> declined and I don't want that I don't want them to fall into lazy and this is enough and I'll just mm -hmm. do the the baseline of what I have to do because that's not the people I want them to be you know so mm -hmm. so you had to I mean I felt like in e-learning too it was just this constant like cheerleading all the time which is true in the classroom anyway but no this is about more than just reading that and writing a summary this is about you being the best you you can be and giving your best all the time no matter the situation you know just trying to keep those that that balanced was hard because you do you know, back to that thing in the beginning about what helps you understand the role of parent and teacher. I think part of it too is understanding that not all kids are like my kids. Yeah. Not all kids. I mean, for expectations as a teacher, our expectations as a teacher really do have to take a kid and an individual kid into account. And, you know, I, I can't have the same expectations for every kid. Yeah. They're just, they start so differently. And you see it, like you think about it even when you're parenting your three-year-old. Like, I'm just talking to this kid all the time. That builds so much intelligence in your kids and connects things right. in their brain. There are plenty of kids who just sit with no conversation. They really don't, their parents don't talk to them. You know, it just changes everything. For a long period of time, it's hard to yeah. overcome and, um, I don't know, understanding that about kids and that they really aren't all like I was or like my kids are or like, you know, my friend's kids are. And giving them that grace space too is important. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just assume, oh, everyone came out with two parents in this situation. Right. <laughs> this is common knowledge. Yeah. Like, I was doing this by your age. Why can't you? And so to, like, to reel it back and be like, well, maybe nobody has taught you this before. Yeah. How would you say, just going along with that, how can then teachers better support parents and then vice versa? How can parents better support teachers through all these things of communication of, hey, like we don't have these resources? Um, I don't know. And then how could teachers also support parents through this? Um, do you think, like, do you guys, what are your thoughts on that? We definitely share a lot of, um, a, so much communication. I should just say at the top of the list is just, communication and yeah. it's probably communication overload I it, during e-learning it was definitely communication yeah. overload 
with parents because it was all new for them too. You know, even though our, our kids already had Chromebooks and knew how to use Google Classroom and all of that, their parents really didn't. We didn't use those things for homework. I mean, they had it, but it wasn't um, something that they were really used to. And yeah. so thankfully there were so many programs that gave teachers free access, you know, during, yeah. during COVID. And so um, like we use Screencastify all the time. I made videos for parents a lot, lot, lot to say, let me just show you real quick. This is where your kid needs to click and this is how they need to turn in. Or, um, you know, if you need help with this resource, here's Khan Academy and watch this. It's a three minute video and it will help you, you know, mm -hmm. just sharing a lot of resources with parents all the time. Um, and I think, you know, they appreciated that. Luckily with technology, there are so many resources to point people to. Sometimes so many it's overwhelming and you don't really know where to start, but communication was really what wore me out the most during e-learning because yeah. it was all day. You had parents who worked all day and their kids were trying to do their schoolwork then. Well, then their parents got home and they were trying to look over and help them with the things that yeah. you know they hadn't been able to do on their own. And then they had questions. And so even though we had office hours that were until 3.30 or something, you couldn't cut it off then because your parents needed you. Yeah. And if you yeah. have parents who are asking and trying to be involved, then you respond. Yeah. See, I haven't had a lot of parent communication yeah. situations. Are, um, basically, you, you hear about them when somebody's really messed up. <laughs> Either I did something really wrong or their kid did. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I, don't, I don't know that expecting that the change is realistic i think yeah. that's just the culture of my school and i have some that like they'll comment like yeah i saw that in the email you sent so i'll never get a response but i guess i realize maybe they're watching more than i realize mm -hmm. um so you know any affirmation would be good um but just i guess reminding myself that i do need to keep them in the loop whether or not they're responding maybe they're reading it after second shift at two in the morning I don't know but they're like they still should know you know what I was just thinking it's not really related but you made it just something you said made me think about it we did a couple of times during e-learning for kids we would send them like a, they had a slide and it would say how are you feeling and they would put an emoji and then explain it it was really interesting but I was just thinking that we really should have done something like that for parents not an emoji but just like a, <laughs> a just a quick like Google form, just quick, just tell me, like, where are you in this e-learning? Yeah. Like, how are you feeling yeah. about it? And, and what can I do to support you more? Because even though I was constantly communicating with them, I didn't really ask that question, yeah. you know? And I wish I'd given them the opportunity to say, I mean, some of them said, I am dying, yeah. you know, and we're going to yeah. need more than the two days, <laughs> if that's okay. Of course, that's right. fine. Um, but you know, the, there are some who are quieter and who don't, yeah. who, who aren't going to say anything unless you ask. Mm -hmm. So if we go back into that, I think I'll have to just keep that in mind, you know, to check on parents too. Yeah. I think I'll add just one quick thing, just because it popped in my head. But we worked with Calvary Homes, or we're working with Calvary Homes for Children, and uh, we were there the second month. I think everything happened, and we have a fifth grader, seventh grader, eighth grader, ninth grader, and a tenth grader. So luckily the tenth grader knew like everything about his subjects because he was like in like trig and it was just, that was like, I've been gone too long to remember anything. But I remember like for most part they could all do their stuff. But I remember there was a really bad day when 
Uh, like three of them had no idea how to do anything. My wife was gone. Uh, I did not know how to do two of these people's work. Uh, like just, I'll just be point blank with that. Had no idea what this was talking about. And then the other one was saying that she was all done with schoolwork when in reality I knew for a fact she was not all done with schoolwork. And just like right now as I'm thinking about it, I was wondering myself, how many other pa- like actual parents, I just have a week of that. And in, in one span of like two hours, I felt like overwhelmed and done with everything because I was also working at the same time. And I was like, leave me be. I'm trying to get my stuff done. You work on your stuff. And I could like right now I'm just kind of like connecting all those dots up. Some people do that. Like y'all did that for <laughs> y'all have been doing that. And it's just so impressive because eventually I emailed four or five different teachers and was just like, explain the situation and how many other people are in those types of situations. But just how gracious all of those teachers were, I think was incredible to see. And it sounds like both of y'all are kind of in that same boat of they were just getting back and saying, hey, it's okay that you don't know how to do this. And not like 30 minutes later, one of them had sent like a video of themselves doing the, the thing. And I was just like, this is just incredible to see these teachers take this much uh, initiative, but also ownership and the fact that they want this student to succeed so much so that they're probably doing this for however many other students that they have. And they just took the time out to do a problem that took them however many times to film and then send over. But it was just like, that just keeps popping into my head. And I was also just laughing because uh, when Cassie got home, we worked on this problem for like probably 30 minutes and none of us could get it right. And all of us were getting like, at that point we had all the kids around us. We had five kids, me and my wife, and we're all like screaming at this laptop because we swear we have the right answer. And we emailed the teacher and the question was wrong. <laughs> and, and so literally we had spent, I had honestly probably spent an hour on that one problem alone that day, like researching, calling my sister who's a teacher, calling my dad who's a teacher, saying like, I have no idea how to do this. And then we finally emailed the teacher and it was, the question was worded wrong and stuff. And so anyways, but all that to say, I don't know what, but the communication aspect was huge uh, for us just to see that. um, But also just to see what parents are going through. Like I got a snippet of that. I think when you're in a healthy place, teaching really is fulfilling and amazing. It really is so fun. And when you're in your your area of passion, just in general, if it's art and you're teaching it, and if people and 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 um, and something else, you know, mine is reading, is literacy for sure. But it really just it's rewarding. It's it feels good to give generously of your time and that space when you're in a healthy place yourself. When you're not, it's not. You know, it's it's. It doesn't feel good, and it feels damaging to self, I think. But, mm-hmm. but, but when you're in a healthy space, it really gives life. It takes energy, but it gives life. Does I don't know if that makes sense, yeah, but it I does that's work. That's true of any vocation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think I shared that quote with you and Cassie. Remember a while back when you guys were over for dinner? It kind of alluded to that. Like, when you are passionate and fulfilled by something, you accept the hardships and the what it takes out of you as it, it's acceptable like there's some jobs where it's like wow i really hate doing this so yeah. this the weight of the aspects of it that are draining is just that much more so but when you're passionate about it it's it's not necessarily draining you yeah. lose energy but it's all worth it because it's what you want to do it was in the book atomic habits yeah i will give that person credit <laughs> 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 
You would love that book. Atomic Habits. Who's it by? That's who I, I don't know. It was huge in January this year. It's one of those oh, big, big reads. <laughs> you know, too, like you're talking about passion and we've been talking about creativity. I think, I mean, creativity looks like a lot of different things. And I think some people think like, you know, I'm not creative, but I, I don't know. I think whenever you're doing whatever it is you're passionate about, it is creative. It's so cool to see people, whatever they're doing. I love to watch people talk about or do whatever is their passion. It is inspiring. It makes you feel like fueled and moving, you know, like it just puts you into motion. It, it really does. So when you're in your place where you're in your passion, you do feel creative. And maybe you're not necessarily teaching people to be creative, but it does inspire that that idea of just doing something whatever it is just doing it and doing it well yeah i remember watching um halt and catch fire which is a show about like how ibm got started i don't like it's computer guys like i don't know anything about it but i remember just being jacked to go (laughs) do whatever it is that i like to do because it's all these guys like losing sleep and just and and females but like just passionate about creating a computer system right yeah, to that, yeah. Um, to your point. I think like at every welcome back event, or even, not everybody gets that. That's a cool thing about schools too, is that you get a break and then you get welcome back. Like all this <laughs> yeah. big energy at the beginning. I don't really care what anybody talks about at welcome back. I just want somebody to talk about something like excitedly. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's about education. If they just get up there and drone on and on about that, sometimes it makes me not feel excited. Just talk about something that you care about in a passionate way, and I am all for it. Well, just a couple last questions to close us out. Um, One, this one's been on my mind, um, and uh, I've seen it play out in a lot of different ways, and we touched on it earlier, but um, there's been just kind of a lot of unintended benefits to the way things have changed, everything from the introverts getting to work from home and like finally have energy <laughs> for other things um, uh-huh. to like little things like curbside pickup. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of disabled people who've been wanting this for a really yeah. long time and like now it's accessible and there's a lot of fear that, you know, some of these benefits might go away when COVID stuff calms down. So um, just what benefits either as a parent or as a teacher have you seen kind of come up in your personal life and, and what do you hope? sticks in the long run that's really a cool thing to see from all of this is just you know I think just in all things we get stuck in the way that we've always done things all the time so when you're forced to rethink I mean businesses are the epitome of creativity right now they've been so creative to make things happen and to keep their business and to serve people it's been really cool to see, and I don't think that will go away. I think when people say the new norm, like, we can think about all those things as part of it because it benefits them and other people. Why not continue it? Um, in the classroom for us, it, I'm so hopeful that it just gives us time to shift some ideas and old ways of thinking into new, new plans. I um, think it's time for that. And you do it little bits here and there, but if we've got the moment to do it all at once, like a tidal wave, why not do it, you know, just kind of rethink it all. Um, I mean, you know, we have smaller classes this year, and that is really wonderful because I I hope that there's big benefits seen from that. I mean, 15, 16 kids in a classroom is 
just unbelievable to be able to spend time with each one. I and mean, that's eight less students than I had last year. It's yeah. two thirds of my class. Is that right, Matt? I think that's two thirds. But you, Anna, like you were saying with all these options for other people, I hope there continue to be more options for students too. We've always known that kids don't always learn the same way. Do kids need virtual school? Give it to them, you know? At, for a while when I was teaching, there was talk about even offering like second shift school for kids, like for parents who work second shift, just not having all school be first shift, whatever. And at the, at the time when I was teaching, I was like, I do not want to teach second shift, you know, and I don't want to teach second shift, but still, <laughs> I just think just like the idea of yeah, options cool. for people is fantastic. And I hope it, I hope it continues and I hope more, more options become available. Yeah. I mean, I'm just pruning is a good thing. It's a healthy thing. Yeah. And I feel like a lot has gotten pruned <laughs> yeah. um, through all of this. A lot of things have been exposed that, why do we do it that way? It's like, well, we always have. Like, well, <laughs> let's not do it that way anymore. <laughs> How else could we be doing it? So that's been exciting. I think something I've gotten out of it is just the relationships are way more valuable and genuine because they've been cut back so much. Mm-hmm. So it's like oh, when I do get to see someone, it just means that much more um, or who I get to see. And so that side of it, I think, has been good um, growth. I mean, I love being able to video my doctor. Like, I don't have to go there anymore. That's great. <laughs> who doesn't love that? Yeah. <laughs> and count- mental health counselors have become like way more accessible now, apparently, yeah. just through a lot of different avenues, which is really cool to see. Yeah. yeah. I think businesses have stopped focusing so much on like what's best for them and just like people in general has uh, well not maybe not people in general I take that back <laughs> I'll just go back to businesses businesses have stopped caring like what's the best model for us to make money and while they're still thinking about that they have to think a lot more like what's best for the consumer to where now they can I guess it's still going to benefit us but like they're trying to be way more accessible to the consumer they're trying to meet more of the consumer's needs so it's easier for the consumer or just for for the people um, I just think that's been cool. Like just like curbside pickup, like things like that, that they, I don't think their mind was like, we're going to help disabled people, but in them thinking like, how can we get the most profit? They've had to think about how can they make this easier for people to use? And because of that, it's just made it that much more accessible to those who actually need it. But that across the board, we could say that I think I've, I've just, I've just seen, um, which I just have thought is really, really cool. Um, and all of that. And businesses also, I think did a great job of trying to you saw the good in them trying to protect employees yeah. too just as much as they could you know I mean yeah just coming together is a good thing it's always a good thing to see past six months a lot of people have just like stepped up to to protect other people I feel like in so many different areas that's happening right now mm. but it's been really cool to see and I don't know NBA when when NBA went down you know owners paid employees who were not gonna be able to work because their job was to clean stadiums they paid months wages so that they would still have something to do or like still some source of income. But that was like so many different areas of, of just so cool to see. Or I mean, even now, like supporting teachers, like there's so many different churches and there's so many different businesses who are reaching out to teachers and seeing what they need and then are supporting them in that. Or I don't know, um, or churches who are, I think we were talking about that, a church who's allowing people to come in, uh, students to come in that parents don't want to bring them to school, but they have to go work. So they need some sort of child care. And they have, like, tutors for students. And it's just really unique ways. And, yeah, creative might be the new overused word. But creative, (laughs) people really have just had to be creative with how to best serve 
people. One way that I thought I loved how creative school districts were to not have cafeteria people and custodians lose their jobs yeah. in e-learning, that time period was that they delivered lunches. Yeah, I mean, awesome. I just thought that yeah. was – and my kids who don't even eat school lunch and who would tell you that they can't, they don't like school lunch, were so excited to see the school bus come in our neighborhood every day and then deliver. It was – I just thought it was – so sweet and such a creative use of, of that and fun I mean and it, and it brought just joy to kids like in the neighborhood you see kids like running out of the house to the school bus when does that happen you know it's really fun oh yeah so the last question is uh how does your faith um play out um just in the role of you as a parent but then also as you an educator where you can't really talk about your faith anyways how does your faith kind of just like impact how you do both of those things I mean with my son I have the lessons about love I don't even want to put it in words till you have your own child like (laughs) he could do anything to me and I'm it won't affect how much I love him and that just changed so much about how I viewed God like oh this is why he's able to forgive us despite the weight that I carry around like holding on to because and so you know for thatcher (laughs) i joke all the time not joke but i've said it several times like karen and other people like i swear he was put in my life just so i could learn how more about how god loves me or you know our relationship with god and i know it's (laughs) he's a human created (laughs) by god uh, to do his own thing too um but just yeah there's so much so many things that i've learned about that you can't really until you have a child or you experience a relationship with one. So then from the student side, it's like, okay, if I'm given this much grace, where are they coming from? And I don't know what they're exposed to or going through. Um, One of my classroom rules is don't compare journeys because you, we all have our own journey and you have your hand of cards and like you, you deal the best that you can with what you're dealt. And you can't look at each other's hands. Um, and so, like, yeah, I try to model that as best I can yeah. um, and allow them to show emotion. I've had kids storm out of my room and just slam the doors or um, and show, that, like, yes, it's okay to be mad. There's ways to handle that. Um, I think too often we're kind of told to, like, hold it in, hide it, um, just deal with it. Um, so I try to create a space that's free and allowed for that. Um, I guess I haven't been as good as, I don't know the rule as far as sharing. I don't approach a student, but I've had them ask me stuff, especially about my tattoos. They're story starters. Um, so I've had some good conversations, but yeah, um, just trying to be a consistent person in their lives too. And loving on them the ways that I am allowed to or can. Um. Um, I think for me, unintentionally even, I kind of, for most of my life, had everything in its own little space a little bit. So when teaching started to feel tight, it felt like it's because teaching was teaching. Do you know what I mean? And family was family and God was God and, and there wasn't space for all of those things and how did I do it? And and so I had to just kind of relearn that 
life isn't boxes, right? That everything belongs. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, so when your faith, when God becomes who you, who you are, then it just becomes a part of everything that you do. And so instead of having to think about it as not sharing my faith or whatever, being careful about it, it's just sharing who you are. And it just becomes real and genuine and, yes, full of grace, but also full of, what's the word I'm looking for? Pushing, you know what I mean? Challenging. Like, yeah, like, yeah, challenging. And um, and all of that's good and all of that has a place. And um, but, but then personally falling back into grace over and over in, in my faith is just a constant assurance and a constant forgiving and a constant like, yeah, that was crappy today and you shouldn't have said that and you probably shouldn't have done that, but <laughs> it's okay and yeah. there's tomorrow and, and that's because that's the way it always is, you know, and that's for me and that's for students in the classroom who need to hear that too, but that's okay. Today wasn't good. It's not who you are. Yeah. Tomorrow, we'll try again, you know? Um, and when you feel that for yourself, well, then you can show it to the world more easily. Before you guys go, would love to get a book recommendation from each of you. Just doesn't have to do anything with this topic, just a book that you think everyone should read or would benefit from. I've had I've listened to so many books this summer. Um, six of the Harry Potters. Um, I got one left. Um, the one I'm gonna suggest, I guess, is Through Painted Deserts by Donald Miller. I hadn't read that one of all his books yet. It's just it's not very deep. It's about a road trip that he goes on, and it's just like how this day-to-day road trip he starts to see God in everything and you pause and embrace like what's happening right now and I think that's been one of the benefits of quarantine for the most part like some people have had to work like lives haven't really changed but I know some way that I benefited was just it was an it was an appropriate time to pause um and reflect on a lot of things so I guess that's mine Through Painted Deserts by Donald Miller I think adults should read children's literature. I am not kidding. It is inspirational. And even though sometimes, like, you might think it feels elementary, it is deep and good and true. Everybody should read Wish Tree. It's short, and it's wonderful, and it's what we read at the beginning of our fourth grade year. It's about acceptance and humanity, and that's great. I'm actually trying to think of the one that I just finished, whose title has left my mind, by Richard Rohr. Do you not remember which one I'm reading right now? Because I know I shared it with you. It's so quite. It's not everything. Belongs. It's not everything belongs. Um, that is a book title, and that is fa- fabulous, and I think everybody should read it. But the um, one I just finished is amazing. It's really just about. Um, it's really about relearning the truth of who God is you and in you and through you and all of that the universal christ is what it's called by richard Rohr, and the subtitle is how a forgotten reality can change everything we see hope for and believe and i think what would happen if when people read it first of all he's really deep so you have to be in the right space and you have to just take it in small bits i think everything belongs is a little bit of an easier read but this one is 
seriously challenges some of the things that you've been taught about Christ and makes you think. And, um, and it's beautiful. I mean, it comes out in such a really, I don't know, amazing, an amazing way. So I think everyone should read that, The Universal Christ. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming out and joining us. Uh, this has really been a great conversation, and I hope people benefit from it in some way, whether they're parents or teachers or just someone listening. Um, we're not either, but I still benefited a lot from that conversation, so I know people will. But um, we love you guys, and we'll see you guys six feet apart soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode. We hope that this was edifying, encouraging, maybe a little entertaining for all of you guys. And hey, if you have any suggestions for topics you would like to hear covered here on the show, you can email Nathan at HopeAndAnderson.com or myself, Hannah, at HopeAndAnderson.com. And if you have a story you'd like to share, let us know too. We'd love to feature you on one of our episodes. Have a great week. Right, that was easy. That was better than I thought. <laughs> yeah. I A two part.